Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad for Podgo. I recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O co. Don't forget to add our podcast, Chatter from the Cheap Seats, from the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. If you have a show, go to Podgo. Today is Saturday, December 5th, and it's a great day to be a sports fan because you're listening to the number one podcast in all of Potomac, Maryland. I'm here alongside Sammy and Ori, and we're going to talk some baseball. We're going to talk some football. We're going to talk some basketball. We might even talk some cricket. Just kidding. We're not going to talk cricket. I am sorry. I am sorry for all the cricket fans that I offended, but that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You know, one day though, I cricket is an interesting sport, you know, like as a baseball guy, obviously like, I went to England a few years ago, and I was watching people play cricket. So confused. It blew my mind. Like, really? I, I, like, they were just running back and forth, and, like, these things were happening. And since then, I've, like, done some research and tried to figure out how it works. And it, it's a very interesting sport. I still don't really know much about it, but, like, cricket, cricket's cool. Maybe we should cover cricket someday. If you want to be confused, you should watch Finnish baseball. But what is that? Finnish it, baseball? John Boy did a breakdown on it. It's oh, yeah. very... It's a very weird, twisted, warped way of playing baseball that a guy, a guy from Finland went to America, watched a baseball game, took notes, came back, told all his friends about it, and they played, and he's like, wait, this is nothing like it is in America. But I guarantee you guys, this is a promise. For If the show gets to 99 episodes, on our 99th episode, all we're going to do is talk about cricket. That's all we're going to do. Just talk oh, about is that a promise? Are we actually going to do that? You know, I'm actually going to expand it just all obscure sports. We're going to have an obscure sports episode. But this is our first time really getting to talk for a while because we had the Brennan Davis interview on Wednesday. Oh, thank you so much to Brennan again for coming on. Great interview. Fantastic interview. You guys should check that out if you haven't. You guys go to our YouTube channel, chat from the cheap seats. It's on there. Or you can just go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. But... I mean, that was a fantastic interview, really was. and this is normally the part of the show where I turn to Ori, and I say, Ori, how are you doing today? <laughs> I am doing pretty good. I uh, did a lot of homework today, so I've been pretty productive, um, but today is actually also a sad day because um, I was, I've been playing this uh, computer game, and it's a very, very long game, and I spent like eight hours, and I'm... Probably like, I don't know, there's probably like a quarter left and I've realized that, that I like I cannot win. So I've basically just thrown away eight hours of my life. Oh, man. Um, what so do you mean you I'm realize you cannot win? Like you yeah. can't beat it? You can't beat it? Or like it's physically impossible to beat it? No, like you play against other people and they're just way ahead of me. Oh, okay. What game is it called? Civilization 6. Civilization 6. Free ad. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, other than that, I've been pretty good. Sammy, how you been? Well, I've also, not today, but like this week, I've been on the grind. And I was telling you guys a little bit before the show with uh, MLB The Show franchise. And, you know, I, I've always been into franchise, but like I've been really into this mode with the Cubs. And it's just kind of funny. You get to see like these alternate realities. And I was telling, before, telling you guys before the show, Jose Quintana, who's like been so bad, four plus ERA every year. Uh, this year, he was like hurt. He broke his thumb or something when he was washing the dishes. It was a disaster. But he's like a Cy Young contender. And you just get to see all these, like, you get to see all these crazy things. I'm trying to think. I mean, there are just some wild things that happen to players. You're like, really? Like, how does he get good? So, yeah, I mean, that's, besides that, just homework and um, music, a lot of that. And, yeah, I can't believe it's already already December. That's kind of wild. Yeah, time is absolutely flying um but we got a good show for you guys today let's start it off with possibly the biggest news we had the john wall um going over to the rockets russell westbrook comes back um to the wizards 
Uh, Jack, I want to ask you first. First reactions, first thoughts. Who won this trade? So, as many of you know, I am New York sports, right? But a lot of people don't know is that I, I used to be a huge Wizards fan. Now, not huge, but I'd say I was definitely a big Wizards fan. And as I've started listening to more and more New York sports radio, I would hear them talk about the Knicks so much that I kind of convinced myself I was a Knicks fan. But in reality, this trade made me realize that I'm, I'm a Wizards fan. Cause just I smell bandwagon. It's not a bandwagon. Can I tell <laughs> you why? I think the Wizards lost this trade. But I think, I think the Wizards here, what they did, trading away John Wall, I understand that he didn't want to be here anymore. So I get why they traded him. But I was devastated because I'm just going through my mind, going through all the memories I had of him hitting that shot oh in game God. six against the Celtics, him winning the slam dunk contest. And that's what made me realize that I am a Wizards fan because I don't get that emotional about the Knicks. But with the Wizards, I was emotional. And the reason why I think the Wizards lost this trade is because of the number one draft pick they gave away. Now, I get that it's top five protected. It's lottery protected. It's lottery protected. I, I thought it was top five protected. I think no. it, it was lottery. I, it's I lottery yeah, it protected. Lottery. Okay, okay. So I get that. But still, like, if you're a team, let's say Russell Westbrook plays really well, right? I don't think the Wizards, the Wizards aren't going to contend, you know? Like, they're not going to have a chance I, to see, contend I, for a championship. That's not going to happen. They don't no. have enough pieces. I think they're close, and I don't think th- this trade is very interesting. One of the more interesting trades that's happened because it's very. Like, it kind of happened a few years ago with uh, Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul, you know, a guard swap, and that happens again. Russell Westbrook for, um, excuse me, for John Wall, and it's just interesting because they're two very similar players, um, guys who are pretty good scorers. Obviously, Westbrook is one of the great scorers who can pass the ball very well. And it's weird. I was looking at their contracts, almost identical. Three really? years, $133 million for Russ. Three years, $132 million for John Wall. And it makes it just this really interesting trade. And I think you can't say he won um, until we see what happens because John Wall hasn't played a game since 2018. That's a huge factor. And coming back from injury, a lot of players respond differently. Some players will come back and they'll be amazing. They'll even be better than they were. Some players really regress and we have no idea what it's going to be for John Wall. If John Wall is as good as he was when he got injured, I think the Rockets win this trade because they get a first round pick lottery protected. But I still think that's, you know, if you get that, you know, it's a good thing. And John Wall, if he's good, Rockets win. But if John Wall struggles, obviously, it's going to be a huge blow for the Rockets because Russell Westbrook was a guy who, yeah, it, you know, oh, I see Ori just sneezed there <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube. But um, Bless you. It, it, it'll be a huge blow for the Rockets to um, give up Russell Westbrook because, yeah, you know about the conflict between him and James Harden when it came to scoring the ball, but he was still like a third-team uh player this year like he he was still really really good and it's a gamble for both sides and from the Wizards perspective like Jack was saying it's heartbreaking as as if if you're a Wizards fan because this guy's been there you know for a lot of young fans their entire life John Wall has been the guy the guy in Washington and it's it's yeah he doesn't want to be there and you understand that but as a fan it just breaks your heart and now question I want to ask you guys I was talking earlier about, you know, the conflict between Harden and Russell Westbrook and Houston. Do you think that can kind of get resurrected? Because Beal is also a scorer. Do you think they're going to be competing interests? Or do you think it's going to work out better than uh, the Harden-Westbrook? Well, this is this is my thoughts on, first of all, the trade. I think um, the Wizards win this trade regardless. John Wall can be a good player, um, and they still win this trade. The reason I'm saying this is because, first of all, Russell Westbrook, he, he needs the ball, right? And Beal is a very, very good off-ball scorer. He doesn't necessarily need the ball to uh, succeed. And I think 
them pairing up is going to be really well, really good. Uh, so I don't think there's going to be any, you know, drama in between them. I think they'll work out pretty great together as teammates. The reason I think that the Wizards are winning this trade is because, you know, you talk about uh, John Wall not playing for so long. That's a factor that even if John Wall comes back and starts playing well, that's part of the trade. Um, they're trading away a risk factor in John Wall, and they're gaining a X factor in Russell Westbrook. So, I mean, I think this is a clear win for the Wizards. It's lottery protected. Um, so even even though they do give away first-round pick, we know first-round picks in the NBA aren't, you know, as valuable as they are in some other um, leagues, especially because it is lottery protected. I, I think uh, definitely the winners are the Wizards. But kind of going back to your question, Sammy, I definitely think that Russell Westbrook and um, – Bradley Beal are going to mesh well together because, you know, as I said before, Bradley Beal is a really good off-ball um, scorer, um, unlike uh, John Wall, who needs the ball. And, you know, what's going to be interesting is to see, you know, when John Wall comes back, first of all, if he plays well off the injury, but also, um, you know, Russell Westbrook needs the ball to score. Harden needs the ball to score. So there was conflict there, obviously. But John Wall also needs the ball to score. You know, he's a person that, uh, you know, wants to take the ball up the floor. He needs to be handling it um, to be a good player and to let him succeed. That's why the pairing with Bradley Beal was pretty good. But now that he's with James Harden, I'm wondering if there's going to be some conflict there because, as we all know, Harden needs the ball to score. Um, You know, he shoots a lot. He'll miss a lot, but he'll also make a lot. Um, and then score a lot uh, because of that. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if there's any conflict between John Wall and Harden. I think that's probably going to happen. Where, I, where I disagree. I, I mean, I, I think John Wall is, I mean, his main thing of his game, he's a playmaker. I mean, a few years ago, he had like three straight years where he averaged 10 plus assists. With yeah. a guy like Harden, who like will shoot anytime you give him the ball, basically. I mean, he's not the playmaker type of guy. He's He's a shooter. I think that works well. And I, I think from an emotional perspective, for the Wizards especially, it's kind of a tough trade to take in. But from a purely success-driven and business perspective, I think it works out really well for both sides at the end of the day. I mean, Russell Westbrook is definitely going to be good. There's no question about that. John Wall, if he is good, I, I think that's going to work out well for the Rockets. It is a bit of a risk because of the injury stuff. And one more question before we move on. Wizards. Are they a playoff team next year? Because they have they made some nice additions. Russell Westbrook, obviously. Danny, Adv- uh, Danny Advia, still working on the pronunciation of that name. Bradley Beal, Thomas Bryant, one of the bright young centers in the league. And Davis Bertans, who is sixth man of the year contender. Do you think the Wizards are a playoff team next year? Mm, I mean, I, I don't know. It's... Uh... It'll be tough. I think Westbrook is going to have to play at his best. Beal is going to have to step up. You know, those stars are going to have to take over for them to, you know, be contenders. But if they're going to want to make the playoffs, you know, those young guys that you mentioned are going to have to ball out. Um, Denny Avadia. That's how you say it. Is that how you say it? Okay, I'm sorry. Avadia. I know, I know because, you know. It's a tough one. He's really, man. Um, But, yeah, so – those young guys are going to have to step up for them to make the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, whether they do or not is going to be solely based on how yeah. the younger guys play. Now, my thing, though, is I just think Houston, because even if the Rockets, or if the, if it turns into a lottery pick and it's lottery protected, that still turns into two second-round picks. And I just think Houston, I, think, I just think Houston won. I think the Rockets got rid of a disgruntled player in Russell Westbrook who, who was not willing to say, in Houston. So, I mean, his trade value wasn't, was not high whatsoever for a similar type player. And they got a first round pick out of it. And the wizards may or may not be marginally better in the short term, but it's not, it's not enough. And I just think Russell Westbrook is such a ball dominant. And I just think he's such a, I I just think he's a selfish player to be frank. That's fair. And he's a poor shooter, but I mean, it, it will be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think there's a lot of situations because the Wizards do have this nice young core and it doesn't take too much to get to the playoffs. And maybe, you know, there's only three years left on this Westbrook deal that we were talking about earlier. So maybe it's a thing where he's just there for the short term to get them some playoff experience. Because in the NBA, it doesn't take much to get into the playoffs. You can 
be sub 500 and easily make the playoffs. I think that's kind of the goal because you have a lot of young players. Thomas Bryant, Bradley Beal is, I wouldn't say young anymore. You know, Denny Advia, I, I'm still working on it, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you want to get these younger guys playoff experience right off the bat. And that's what Westbrook is going to do. He's going to propel them there. I think Wall is just too much of a risk with the whole injury stuff. But if he's good, it works off the Rockets. And it could be a trade where both sides uh, benefit. We also had some other big NBA news this week. The Lakers making two big but predictable predictable moves. They extend their two big guys, AD and LeBron. Anthony Davis re-signing on a five-year, $190 million deal. And LeBron inking a two-year extension. Now, the Lakers made some crazy additions. Dennis Schroeder, Montrezl Harrell, and... Can anyone beat them? Because you're a championship team, and then you get better. Is there anyone that can contend with these, I mean, seemingly dominant Lakers? I mean, it's crazy. Uh, they, they've really bought into if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. I think that's what they've really thought about uh, coming into this free agency period, keeping their uh, superstars, obviously, in Anthony Davis and LeBron. That was key. Um, but then, you know, having those additions that, you know, they didn't need to win last year. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really, really cool. At this point, I think they're the clear favorites. Oh, my um, God, of course. I think LeBron is going to show that when he has a great team, he can also three-peat. Um, so I, I think he'll, they'll definitely uh, be contenders. And, you know, I, I think they're my pick for the finals. And what I find fascinating is that LeBron lined it up with the two-year extension so that when he is a free agent again, guess who's going to be entering the draft? His son? Oh, Ronnie. Because oh by then, I mean, that is, that is assuming that by then high school players will be allowed to go straight to the NBA. Uh, yeah, but, I, mean, I would assume. I think that's going to get done before then. Wow. Wouldn't that be so fun to watch if Bronny – and LeBron James were on the same team. And I want to see LeBron I want to see LeBron get to six rings so bad cuz I am not a LeBron hater. Uh up until recently I thought MJ was the goat. Now I'm I'm still trying to decide what I think about the ring and what that means for his legacy. But I want the greatest player in basketball history to be from our generation. I don't know about you guys, but that's just how I feel cuz I never got to watch mm-hmm. Michael Jordan play. I want to say I want to see, because if LeBron gets to six rings, would you agree, Sammy, that he is the greatest of all time? Because then that kind of refutes the yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan winning argument. It's it's tough to dispute if he gets six, um, but th- there are always arguments, and there are always going to be people on both sides. I, I True, but I As think, good as LeBron is, I think there are always going to be the haters, and you know, there are always going to be the people that say, it, that wasn't MJ, and that's just a fact of, it's a law of nature. It's a fact of life. But yeah, it would be awesome to see them play on the same team together, kind of like if Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey played on the same team, except obviously LeBron is the, one of the greatest of all time, and Ken Griffey was good, but uh, I mean, Ken Griffey, the senior. senior. Don't, don't sell, I know, don't sell Ken Griffey Sr. short. I mean, he is a, he he's a nice player, but I think right now, and Ori, it, let me know if you agree with this, because I know that you are the sole 100% LeBron is the GOAT, even before the fourth ring. So let me know. I want, I want to hear your thoughts on this in a little bit. But I would say right now, just public perception-wise, I'd say it's probably – I'd say it's very close between who thinks LeBron is the GOAT, who thinks MJ is the GOAT. I would say probably the majority of people right now think that LeBron is the GOAT. Um, hmm. I don't know. I, I think most people right now, if I had to give like a split, I'd say like – to be honest, like a 60-40, uh MJ. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are... I would no, think, it's, not, it's much closer than that. I would think it would uh, be closer. I, mean, I think maybe like 55% to LeBron, oh. but, but that's kind of irrelevant. What I was saying is I think if LeBron gets to six, it would be like 85, 90. Like, I mean, you're always going to have the irrational fans, but like if you take them out of the equation, and just like, just like, you know, like public perception-wise... I'd, th- I'd say unless you're like an old man or like you're irrational, I don't think many people will be arguing that LeBron is the GOAT. And I want that. I want the greatest player ever to be from our generation. I think that'd be yeah. a cool thing. And if LeBron gets six, even if, Le- if LeBron gets five, I think it's like 60-40 LeBron, maybe even more. 
But if LeBron gets six, like the argument's over. It's done. There's not. Ben, are there's are not the Lakers in position to repeat? I mean, I I'm thinking of the Eastern Conference right now, and I'm like, who, who's going to compete with them? I mean, I don't, Packers, I don't think anyone can. Maybe uh, the Heat. I you know, New York. They, they made a nice run. I don't know if they're for real or not. Like they could do it over the course of a season and do it again in the playoffs. I don't think the Heat are going to really be there. Uh, the Bucks. Uh, I, I don't think I don't they're think all that great. The Bucks, proved, the, Brucks, the Bucks proved to be a little bit overrated. I feel they like. were. I mean, they're very Giannis and you know Chris Middleton, basically. Uh, that's and the Lopez brothers. Yeah, I mean, it's when 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 you get down to it. I mean, it's yeah. No, you're, uh, right, you're are, right. Without those two guys, they're not a playoff team. I no way. You're right. Um, now, Sammy, you had an eventful week, correct? With with the Cubs and I guess. I did. I um. So, if you guys aren't familiar, and we'll we'll be talking about the non-tenders, like you know, next it's we're talking about that very shortly. But Kyle Schwarber got non-tendered. Albert Almora got non-tendered, which are both guys I've, you know, I've gotten their autograph. I met Albert Almora, like you know, flex. Yeah, flex. <laughs> had to get in the flex, but it, you know, it, it just makes it sad. Um, both guys that I grew up watching. Uh, Schwarber was obviously a beast, but injuries kind of held him back. The fact that he hit like couldn't really hit over two thirty held him back for the most part. But um, I don't do it. Yeah, um, I love both those guys, and they always will. And then the more shocking news was the Cubs play-by-play guy Len Casper, who's been doing it, God, for I think twenty years, like, as long as I've lived. Um, he stepped down, and he's leaving to do radio broadcasting for the White Sox. A stab in the gut, if you will. <laughs> Very tough to take in. Because, I, you know, I love these guys. Len and JD, the Cubs play-by-play guys for TV, are, you know, I, I, I'm a Cubs fan, obviously, but they're two of the best play-by-play guys in baseball. They're great. And now it's like he leaves, and uh, I, things are really uh, dismantling, if you will, for the Cubs. Theo, Schwarber, Almora. Len Casper. It's a lot of pieces falling apart, but we'll, let's talk about these non-tenders, and I'll read the list. Kyle, uh, just a few of the guys. Kyle Schwarber for the Cubs, Hanser Alberto for the Orioles, Eddie Rosario from the Twins, Brian Goodwin from the Reds, Adam Duvall from the Braves, Matt Weisler, I think that's how you say it, from the Twins, and David Dahl from the Rockies. Which of these was most surprising to you? I know Ori... What do you think about the Hanser Alberto one to start off, I guess, because he's an Orioles guy. He's actually been pretty good. He's a guy who I was looking at his stats, and he strikes out really – like he does not strike out a lot. He strikes Never out like 13% yeah. of the time. This year, that is he, rare walked, he only walked 2% of the time. So he um, is a very aggressive hitter uh, from the statistics, as the statistics show. He was pretty good. Ori, what do you think about him uh, now not being an Oriole? Yeah, I mean – it, it seemed like that was probably going to be the case. The Orioles are definitely in deep, deep rebuild mode. Um, and I think Alberto has, you know, enough talent to help a winning team. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's why he's not on the Orioles. But just for our listeners, Sammy, kind of explain what a non-tender is. Um, yeah. I think, you know, some people might not know what that is. So go ahead and explain that. Yeah, so the non-tender is it, – it's kind of confusing. And I'm, you know – I've still been learning about it, but basically what it is is for these guys that are still in arbitration because before a certain year, uh, before a certain service time in the MLB, you're still in arbitration. Before you hit free agency, the, the, the couple years leading up to that. Yes, yeah. So before that, uh, your arbitration, and the team has to offer you, tender you a deal for there to be an arbitration hearing. But if the team doesn't offer you a deal, that's what we like to call a non-tender. And December 2nd, what, three days ago, was the deadline. So if teams don't offer or tender you a deal by that day, you are an unrestricted free agent. So that's what happened with all these guys. And they're, I mean, technically a team could resign them as a free agent, but it, for a lot of these guys, it basically guarantees that they're going to be playing for a new team next year. And for Kyle Schwarber, he was the biggest on the list. And for as outsiders, not non-Cubs fans for you guys, what do you think of this? Because for me, I think in a normal year with normal financial situations, the Cubs would have tendered a contract to Kyle Schwarber. 
Oh, yeah. And it, it raised my eyebrows a little bit. Uh, I think the big three names on the on this list is Kyle Schwarber, uh, Eddie Rosario, and David Dahl. David yeah. Dahl is coming off a horrible year. A horrendous, horrible horrendous uh, Gary Sanchez-esque season. Worse than Gary Sanchez. Jeez. I mean, that's hard to do, but he managed to do <laughs> it. But if you just go... Let me just take a peek at his baseball reference here. If you look, yeah, he hit 183 this season. He had a 470 OPS. That's awful. But if you look at what he did in 2019, he was really good. I mean, he had an 877 OPS. It's a pretty big drop. (laughs) 302, 15 home runs, nothing to write home about. But 877 OPS is crazy. I mean... He's a guy, and I think there's a lot of guys that struggled uncharacteristically, like um, yeah. Javier Baez. Javier Baez. Basically uh, every player on the Cubs. Yeah, um, Chris Bryant. You can throw Gary Sanchez in there also. I just think there's a lot of people that are we're going to see return to form in 2021. And I think Eddie Rosario is a guy who he's always been good. He has mashed in his career. He, oh, my God. One of the most underrated free agents now. I mean, he's a... It's very surprising too, because the Twins' window is now, and yeah, I mean, well, I opponent on that team. He hit thirteen home runs in the shortened season, which is pretty ridiculous. I mean, he, um, that might be the most surprising one to me. Maybe he hit thirty-two yeah. home runs last season. He had over a hundred RBIs. He hit two seventy-six, and he had an on the dot uh, eight hundred OPS. I mean, that's one of the more surprising ones to me, him and Schwarber, especially him, because like you said, the Twins window is now, and this is a guy who's had an 8-plus OPS uh, before this corona season, the past three seasons, and he was 792, right below the 800 mark. That's really good stuff. He's an above-average hitter and a guy who's hit for significant power his entire career. He's not a good left fielder by any means, um, but you know, you're in the AL, you can kind of switch him at DH and... You have the freedom to do that, but I don't understand it for the Twins. And another guy the Twins let go that was uh, pretty shocking to me was Matt Weisler. Now, this is a guy, I think that's how you say the name. Um, Pronunciation is not my strong suit, if you guys haven't already noticed. But (laughs) this is a guy who, I mean, he's still a pretty young player, and he had a great year, 25 innings out of the bullpen, a one war, a 1.07 ERA. And for a team that, you know, you have a good offense, and having a good bullpen would be a good thing to have. I don't understand why you let a pretty young pitcher like that. Uh, let's see what his age is. Yeah, he's only 28 years old, had this great year in 25 innings. Why not keep him? He's probably not too much of a cost, I would not imagine. But the Twins have made some questionable moves with Rosario and the young reliever, Weisler. And uh, another interesting uh, non-tender before we move on, Adam Duvall, who had some pretty monstrous years in Cincinnati before he came to Atlanta, and he had a good year again in Atlanta. Uh, He was one of the better players on a stacked team, 833 OPS, 16 home runs. His batting average, nothing to write home about, 237. But I think Duvall is a guy that a lot of teams, a lot of winning teams are going to be looking at. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, he he's a great hitter, as you mentioned. Great power hitter. Seen home runs in uh, the shortened season is is, is pretty crazy. Um, so he definitely has the power. Um, he, he's a great guy for a winning team to put in um, as a DH or, you know, just, just a guy that can really hit. For all those teams that um, need kind of a guy for power, Adam Duvall is, uh, you know, Definitely a name to look out for. Uh, but I kind of want to circle back here to the Twins because okay. they really, really confuse me. Like, I'm extremely confused with these moves. Um, my thoughts on them are just like, first of all, you know, Jack said you're in win now. Um, so the Eddie Rosario move doesn't make sense. And then Matt Weisler, um, that doesn't make sense either. If you're trying to win, he, you have to have a good bullpen. He had and a great he, year. He, I mean, he, he was one of the year. best in baseball last year. Exactly. He had a great year and he's not expensive. It's not like these guys are going to be in, in like insanely expensive. I mean, Rosario could have been a little bit, but like Rosario could have, yeah, but Weisler Rosario could have been. Yeah, Weisler, I mean, he's he's only played for like five years. I I'd imagine, I don't know what his contract was previously. I would imagine that's gonna be like 
a four to five million contract, depending on how arbitration turns out. Like, I don't think it's going to be too much. Why, man? I mean, it's and even if it is a lot, I'd pay a lot for a guy who had a one one oh seven ERA last year. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> like I think easily. a lot of the people would. And a, a lot, lot of guys teams, teams will. I mean, I, as a Cubs fan with a shaky bullpen, I look at an opening like that and I'm like, oh, that, look look at that, Jed Hoyer, uh, our GM. But, you know, I think a lot of winning teams are going to be picking up on a lot of these uh, these two guys that the Twins uh, surprisingly, shockingly, non-tendered. Anything else you guys want to talk about with these non-tenders before we move on? Uh, nothing really. Let's just go on now to Jack's dumb Twitter take. And we're going to transition to football here in a minute. So this has to do with a certain player, but I have to ask the question before, out of all the healthy quarterbacks in the NFC East, list them. Right now, you got Andy Dalton. We're going to say Daniel Jones is healthy just because he's not like it's not like a year-ending injury he'll be back he was practicing this week he's doubtful for the game but he'll be back in like maybe next week maybe in a week like he's not done for the year so we're gonna say him so andy dalton daniel jones you know we'll throw in alex smith and then um carson wentz out of those four how would you rank them well i go uh Daniel Jones is, you know, I guess he's if he's healthy, he's probably, I guess he's the best. Yeah, of those guys. I mean, I, I guess. Hey, um, don't sleep on Daniel Jones. He's been yeah, playing I mean, really good lately. Yeah, he's been playing like, good football really good lately. And then second, uh, I, I Andy Dalton. Third, Carson went. Uh, Alex Smith has not he's been playing good as of late. Like, like third, good. Alex Smith. I, I have to put Carson Wentz at the bottom because, like, he's like. Failed that team. I mean, and the Eagles, there's no way they're winning that division anymore. They're, it's a tough schedule. They play the Packers next week. Like they, I think it's a two-man race sledding. in the NFC East between the Giants and the Washington football team. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Eagles. At the beginning of the year, they were easily at the bottom of that division for us. We, yeah. It was a race between the Eagles and the Cowboys. We both thought we're going to be 9-11 to 11 win football teams. I had the Cowboys. Oh, I mean, that's crazy that really good the Giants job. have a chance to be the four seed in the playoffs. That's I mean, crazy. that's wild. And the football team. So, yeah. Ori, would you make any changes to what Sammy just said? Uh, I, I agree with most of it, but um, in second place, I would put a Jalen Hurts. Just that, that's just me personally. Jalen Hurts over, over um, Andy Dalton. Alex Smith and Andy Dalton. And Carson Wentz, yeah. I Like five snaps. I don't care, man. I believe in Jalen Hurts a lot. I think he's going to get his shot, so we're going to see what he's made out of. He will. Um, I mean, I, I could spend a long time talking about how much I disagree with that, but I'm not going to. I'm going to get to my Jack Stump Twitter take. Let's hear it. So, before the season started, would you agree that that Carson Wentz was the best quarterback in the division? You could say Dak mm, Prescott. Dak Prescott. I, I, I think I, – I mean, it's Dak Carson Prescott. Wentz was an MVP-caliber quarterback. In 2017. But I'm saying, like, I think Dak Prescott on a consistently level is was probably going to be the was the best. Okay, but 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 we could all agree that Carson Wentz. You thought he was by far a franchise quarterback, great. I thought he was a good player with potential. So Parker B. Luffy says at that dude PB underscore Josh Allen making the hashtag NFL top 100 list over Carson Wentz shows how stupid the players are at evaluating each other. Mm, Maybe not. I mean, look, I mean, Josh Allen's the MVP now, or MVP yeah. candidate, and Carson yeah, Wentz is the schlub. Duffy, the schlub. schlub. I like that. Word pod. Schlub. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so moving on, you know, that was football. We're going to talk some football. NFL Week 12, and we we're just talking about the Giants. Football. We're going to talk some football. We're going to talk some more football. Giants took the lead in the NFC East. And, you know, what's funny. It's like – it's so entertainingly bad that, like, I'm just, like, every week I'm glued to the NFC East race. It's so, like, horrible. And But, it, I mean, technically, that is the closest and most exciting division to watch in football right now. I mean, so. it's, it's ridiculous. Like, I, I really, like, nobody predicted this. This, is, I think, is the craziest thing that's happened in this NFL season. Um, it's the funniest, for I sure. I mean, it's, it's definitely the funniest. That, that's true. It's crazy that um, 
you know, the, the Giants right now are in the playoffs if the season ended and a team like the Ravens are not. It's pretty funny how things work out. Um, football's crazy. <laughs> yeah, football is, is, is really, really like crazy. Yeah, so and, and we, I know we had this conversation a few weeks ago in a very heated fashion, and I am here to make a public statement, all right? Let's hear I, was, I think I was wrong. I, I, I hey, do can you say that one more time? I, I didn't hear you. I think, I believe... I may have been wrong, but there's still a chance. And, 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 if, if and, you guys don't know what happened. And that I am the greatest football analyst on the show. That would be nice. No, because you also said that you thought the Eagles would win. So, like, yeah. well, let's not get too excited here. But I said the Cowboys could win the NFC East. After watching on Thanksgiving Day, what happened? No way. No way, man. I mean – I thought that's a game. We talked about it uh, two weeks ago. I thought that was a game that the Cowboys could compete, and I thought that's a game they could win. You're at home. You know, they do have some fans, so there is an advantage there. You're at home against the Washington football team, who is, you know, just as bad as you are. It's a winnable game. I mean, Andy Dalton did not do good. Um, Your defense, obviously, is horrible. Your defense is horrible. they disappointed me. I mean, I, I thought that was a winnable game. I think I was wrong. I mean, their upcoming schedule is nothing to fret about. They do have the Ravens this week. After that, Bengals, 49ers, Eagles, Giants. They still have a small chance, but after that Thanksgiving game, I think it's time to apologize and say I was wrong. I think I was wrong. But, but right now, now, would you agree with me, with me here that the Giants are playing the best football in the division? Yes, and they have been all year. There have been a lot of games. I mean, the Giants could have five, six wins right now. The Giants easily could have. They, I mean, I, I know they the game with the Bears. Bucks. They outplayed the Bucks. They outplayed the Eagles in the game that they lost to them. They were right there to the end with the Rams. They, were, they, they lost to the Steelers by less than 10 points. They got the robbed, by, game, robbed the by the refs game, in the Bears game. The only game that they got, they, they were like outmatched in and got blown out was the 49ers game. And what's kind of crazy about this division is you watch the Cowboys play on Thursday night. You're thinking they have an easy schedule. They might be able to win the division. You watch them play. Oh, no, they're they're putrid. They are horrifying. They cannot win the division. Then you see that maybe the Eagles. You watch them play. Terrible. Their offensive line is Swiss cheese. Their quarterback is throwing to Seattle defenders like he's wearing a green jersey. Awful. They can't win the division. You see the, you see the Washington football team play. I mean, they can't possibly win the division. And then you see the Giants play. Daniel Jones goes down. You're like, I mean, Colt McCoy isn't going to lead this team to a division title. So it's like, I mean, we better, like, are we going to, like, relocate the Chiefs to the NFC East here? Because some teams got to win the division. I don't know if any team yeah. is capable of that. I, I, I think the Giants are the most capable. I mean, you look defensively, like, they're not as bad I think we, as I think we thought they were going to be. I think they've held some pretty good offensive teams within – decent margins, and I think offensively, they've been fine. I mean, think about that. A Saquon-less, since week two, a Saquon-less Giants are right now on the verge of making the playoffs. That's crazy. And there are a lot of winnable games. Like like we said, I mean, they could have six, seven wins right now, possibly. I mean, not- uh, seven's a stretch. Seven's Maybe a stretch. I'd say, I'd say – Five, five wins. Six. They easily could have got lost the Washington football game if they won. They could have lost the Bengals game. Like, like they did get not lucky, but they were in some close games that went their way also. And my thing is, the Giants are in a really good position, not just for this year, but in the future. Because you look at it, Daniel Jones. You're not a hundred percent sold that he's the franchise quarterback, but he's he's gone three straight games now without a turnover. He's convincing. You. He makes. He, he's extremely athletic. He's one of the fastest quarterbacks in the NFL. He is. Yeah. He makes. He makes play. He makes great plays. He's not just a game manager. He makes great plays. Yeah. I think you got Saquon coming back next year. That's going to help you. Andrew Thomas has been playing a lot better as of late. Like like a lot better. He's no Makai Becton, but he's playing a lot better as of late. Uh, Darius Slayton is playing amazing. Sterling Shepard is playing amazing. Evan Ingram might be the most maddening player in the NFL. It's like, he'll make a crazy one play. You'll look at him and you're like, he's a defensive nightmare. He runs like a four, four, a tight end. He makes crazy catches. 
Safeties can't guard him. Linebackers can't guard him. And the next play, he's fumbling away in the red zone. Uh, their defense, you got guys like Blake Martinez, James Bradbury. Uh, Blake Martinez, great signing. Tackle leader, uh, Jabril Peppers. I mean, they're a good defensive football team. Football team. Their defense is good. You have Joe Joe Judge, who you got to be good. Is a little much. Coach. They are good. They are. A, if you look at the advanced metrics, they are a top. They are in the top half of defenses. Like they are a good defense. Not, not, they're not great, but they are a good defense. Their defense is the reason why they are winning football teams. They have That's an identity true. now. Their identity is a defense. And you think you got your quarterback now? You know you got your coach. And just a playoff experience, if they can just get in, even if they get blown out in the playoff game, which if they end they up will. playing the Bucks, I don't think that's true. If they end up playing the Bucks, or if they end up playing the Cardinals, the Cardinals have been playing awful lately. Who, who's to say that the Giants can't beat the Cardinals in a playoff? I am. I'm saying that. No the Cardinals way. Just lost to the Patriots when Cam Newton threw for like 88 yards. If, because, if I mean, the winner, Kyler Murray is clearly hurt. Now I don't want to get into this because it's all speculation up to this point. We don't know who they're going to be playing, even if they win the division, because that's not guaranteed yet. Even though they have the best chance to, I think they're in a really good position for the future. I think they will beat the Cardinals. I want to go out, out on a limb here. So the Giants' next three games, Se- Seahawks this week, that's a loss. Then you got then you got the Browns, I think, or the Cardinals. You got the Cardinals, and then you have the Browns. I'm going to say that they're, they're going to win one of those two games. They're going to go one and one with the Browns. Because all they have to do is go one and three in their next four games and then beat the Cowboys, and they win the division. But I think they're going to beat either the Browns or the Cardinals, if not both. That is I my mean, statement. That is my hot take. I mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying about the regular season. That's possible. But, like, when it comes to the playoffs, if no, the Giants are the, the winner of the NFC East, if the winner of the NFC East clearly hurt, if the winner of the NFC East makes the playoffs, I don't know what I'm going to do. I Like, I, I would not believe I think the winner of the NFC East is going to make the playoffs, Sammy. <laughs> Oh, oh, it's going to win a game in the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs, obviously. It's going to win a game in the playoffs. I I don't think they will, but I think they're going to compete. You can't tell me that the Giants are not going to – I don't think they're going to get blown out. They haven't been blown out in a single game all season except for the 49ers game. Why would they get blown out in in a playoff game? Because they're playing a competent football team? They they, they didn't get blown out against the Steelers. Would you say that the Steelers are a competent football team? But they're not a powerful offense. You're talking about the Cardinals. The Steelers are undefeated. No, but they don't win only. They don't win because they have a powerhouse offense. They the win because Steelers. They yes, I know that, but they still like like the Steelers are one of the best teams in the NFL. I mean, oh for sure. I'm not saying they're not, but I'm saying when you go up against the Cardinals who have Kyler Murray and all those weapons, there's no but way. But Kyler can... Murray is clearly not healthy. He's clearly not healthy. He has been awful. They lost to the Patriots. The Giants are a much better football team than the Patriots. I think. That I I just don't like the way the Cardinals lead the league in penalties. Their offensive line, the penalties that the offensive line has is atrocious. There's That's a holding true. call every other play. Kyler Murray is not playing good. He's playing worse than Daniel Jones right now. Just with it. Well, I mean, he, Daniel Jones he took is away his running. I mean, if yeah, but he was healthy up to this week. They, he can't run. They've taken that out of his arsenal because of his injury. So basically, he's a pocket quarterback now, and he's not a good pocket quarterback right now. Too he's short. Not. I mean, he can develop yeah. into one, but he's not. I don't think that the Cardinals are that much of a better team than the Giants. I really don't. Well, let's move on now. Um, we had another. We had some other games this week. Derrick Henry. Did it again. And I feel like every other week we're saying this. We're talking about how great Derrick Henry was. And it's true. He had this amazing game. He had three touchdowns against the Colts. And that, that before that, the division was tied. After that, it is the Titans with the advantage. Now, do you guys think after a brutal loss like that, where you get just, you know, your run defense is absolutely obliterated, do you think the Colts can recover and win that division? Do you think they can make the playoffs? Because the AFC... It's no no easy task to get into the playoffs. Right now they're the seventh seed, but you got you got some teams like the Raiders and the Ravens right on your tail. So do you think the Colts are going to win the division? Do you think they're going to make the playoffs? Well, I mean, it's going to be – it was a big game against the Titans, um, and that kind of really shifted um, the feel of the season because if the Colts go out there and they beat the Titans um, – 
they will have, I mean, a pretty big win streak of three games. They beat the Packers. They beat the Titans yeah, um, two weeks prior. So if they had three straight wins, I think they lock up that division just because of the momentum that they have. Um, I'm looking at, like, the rest of their games. They have two games against the Texans. So, you know, we can give those, uh, those as victories. Against the Raiders, I mean, yeah, they'll probably win that game. Uh, and then they have the Jags and the Steelers. So, you know, they could go 4-1 and one in this um, – you know, in these last few games. Um, and then, you know, I'm looking at the Titans right now, and, you know, they don't have too tough of, a, tough of a schedule either. Game against the Browns, which is a home game for the Titans, could be closer than people imagine. I think probably a win for them. The only tough game they have left after that is the Packers. They played the Jaguars, Lions, and Texans. Both teams with easy schedules, and I think it's really going to be about who can execute because – you know, these teams are supposed to beat these bad teams, obviously. But a lot of times, that's not the case. A lot of times, you know, these bad teams pull off surprises. Who are gonna, who's going to limit mistakes um, and who's going to execute? And I think that's going to be the Titans because we saw what they did last year at the end of the season, you know, when they, they didn't win the division, but they made the playoffs. I think they have much better coaching than the Colts had. I love both those coaches, Vrabel uh, and Reich, but, you know, they're both great guys. Um, but at the end of the day, the Titans are not only a better, more talented team, but a more disciplined team and a, more, and a team that I'm more confident that is going to execute. Yeah, Lots I'll totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah, and um, <laughs> another big game this week, 49ers beat the Rams for the Rams' first home loss of the year. Can the 49ers get back into the playoffs ra- playoff race for the NFC? Because they're 5-6. and six. They're tied with some other teams like the Bears and let's see. Bears and the Vikings, they're right behind the Cardinals, who are 6-5. and five. Do you think they can get hot towards the end of the year and sneak into the playoffs? Because it's a huge win to beat the Rams. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think with Jimmy Garoppolo being out, I, I don't know if you can really trust Nick Mullins. I mean, there are some bad teams, though, in, in, in that, that are in the hunt for the playoff race. So... Their defense has been playing pretty good recently. They are getting some guys back like Raheem Mostert, who came back last week, I'm pretty sure. And who's, who's to say they can't compete for the division? Or, or not the division, a playoff spot, you know? I, mean, I, I think the big game is going to be Week 16 at Cardinals for the 49ers. That's going to be a huge game for them, obviously, because I think those are still going to be teams kind of competing for the seven seed in the NFC, a divisional game, of course. I think the winner of that game is going to get into the playoffs because the Cardinals have been very discouraging. They have lost, what, three straight or something. It, Kyler Murray hasn't looked himself after the injury. So I honestly you know how I feel about the winner the of that game. The winner of that game, I think, is going to get into the playoffs. You know, the 49ers, we have to remember, they were the uh, NFC representative in the Super Bowl last year. They're still a talented team. And, yeah, you don't have your guy, Jimmy Garoppolo. But Mullins is good enough. He's a game manager enough where your offense can score points. And I think your defense is talented enough like they were last year. They're still that defense. I mean, they haven't been, but they, they still can be, I, I should say. 49ers can get into the playoffs, I believe. But it depends on the Cardinals, too. If the Cardinals get back into things with the Rams, if they win a game against the Rams and they play the Giants and Eagles, if they win some of those games, it'll be tough for the 49ers. But – at the end of the day, that week 16 game is going to be the big decider, I believe. Yeah, I, um, I, I agree with you there. I think the, the main reason they're back into this race is because the Cardinals have not been playing very well of late. And yes. the 49ers, they're on the trend up. So it should be um, you know, really good for the 49ers. And I think that they have a really good shot at sneaking in. I think they're the best of the teams that are not in the picture right now. I think they're definitely better than, than the bears at five and six. Um, so I think they have the best shot out of, um, you know, the, the teams that have yet to, uh, you know, that are not in the playoffs right now. So I think the future is bright for the 49ers, but they have to play very, very well on offense. They have to execute, um, in order to win because you know that defense is going to be good, but scoring points is how you win games. And if they can, I think they have a really good shot at making playoffs. I mean, yeah. the Bears are awful, but... Yeah, they suck. Uh, dude, don't even give me started. I just wanted to throw them in there. Yeah, but I, I let me pose a question to you guys. Do you think the Steelers are going to go 16-0? No. Or not 16-0. Uh, 
Yeah. 17 and 0. 16. 16 and 0. 16 and 0. Not a math pod. <laughs> no, there's, there's no way. I'm like, they, I think they have too many tough games left. Bills, Colts, and Browns are going to be teams that are going to give them fights. And, you know, don't even rule out the football team. I mean, they're playing the uh, Washington football team this week. They have a chance to beat them, I mean, a small chance, but, you know, with a team that has had a lot of iffy wins, you're 11-0, which I give you full credit for, and I hooray, mean, you know, that's awesome. Not, yeah, definitely not one of the better ones. They're a lot of referee-given wins, a lot of kind of fluky sort of things, but you're 11-0. I don't think you're going to finish 16-0, but, you know, you've already won 11 games. That's a great feat in and of itself. The Steelers, I mean shouldn't really be worried about winning 16 games. If I'm a Steelers fan, I don't really care. Cause like I'd rather lose, uh, you know, to the bills or the Colts than losing the playoffs. If maybe you take some of those games off when you already know you're in, rest up some guys for the playoffs, then you're ready to compete. I don't think you want to go 16 and out to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like I, that sounds, although, although I mean, when you have a chance to do something special like that, you take full advantage. But let's go on now to our Week 13 picks. Now, Sammy has made up ground and has actually passed me. I am in third place. Let's go. Ori is sitting sitting pretty in first place. And I'm going to make my picks first since I am indeed in last place. So we go last to first here. Now, I feel very solid about my picks. I have – so I'll start with my lock. I have the Raiders – over the Jets. Now, I know the Raiders are playing, played awful last week, but you're playing against the Jets. So it's basically two teams playing against no team. Yeah. Now, we were talking about, I mean, we we're talking about can the Steelers go 16 and 0? Will can, the Jets go yes, 0 and 16? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They <laughs> no 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 are so bad. They are yeah, awful. Man. So I had the Raiders over the Jets as my lock. And Fair enough. You know, I'm. Pr- I, I think it's pretty. Um, it it it, it kind of represents the lo- the word lock well because it is a lock. Yeah, that's fair. I'll go. I guess since we're doing it in order of where you're on the standings. By the way, I am thrilled to be in second place for the first time all year. Yeah, oh, give them a week. I don't get too comfortable. We'll be back in third. I am coming. We'll be back in third. I am coming for you. But um, yeah. So my lock pick is going to be. I've done this a lot actually, but uh, the Packers because. I watched Sunday night, unfortunately, against the Bears, which was just brutal, brutal as a Bears fan. You to take the Packers, brutal. It does, but you know what? You got to win. You got to make some sacrifices here. He's making sacrifices. (laughs) Um, This is real pain. It's real pain, but uh, the real pain was Sunday night, which the Packers played extremely well. Aaron Rodgers showed that, which he has all year, but he really, really showed he's still elite because the Bears defense is a good defense, and he just completely destroyed them Packers are a good lock pick um for this week they are playing they're playing the Eagles this week and the Eagles are team just as cold as any other team has been hot you know they've played some good teams these past few weeks the Packers another good team they're going to be playing so I think it's a very reasonable lock pick to think the Packers a great team will be the Eagles a horrible team yeah I uh that, that's a good pick right there. I have the Chiefs here. I took the Chiefs because, um, well, really, I, I don't think I need to explain myself too much here. They're the Chiefs. They have Patrick Mahomes. He's been insane. Um, MVP. A- MVP right now, for sure. I mean, I, I don't think anyone is going to beat him for that MVP race. Um, and they're against the Denver Broncos, who, yeah, they didn't have a quarterback when they lost big to the Saints, but I don't really think a quarterback changes much when it comes to the Broncos. Drew Lock is talk about that, but that was uh, quite unfortunate. That was funny. I, I, I <laughs> mean, in there, man, or you can suit up. You're tall. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, could have played quarterback for the better Broncos. Better than Kendrick Helton or whoever played. Oh yeah, I don't God, even man. know um, the the Broncos. Uh, like the quarterback that went in, he played like one game for Wake Forest and had more completions to the Saints than he did to his own team. I think he was like. One for nine with a pick. So like one for nine with he was one for nine with two interceptions. Yeah, two interceptions. So yeah. So I mean, absolutely horrible. I think it was kind of unfair to let them play that game. Um, Yeah. Because 
Well, I, I don't think the Broncos are going to win anyway. But it's like, also well, no, that's true. Uh, I think that if the Broncos, if it wasn't the Broncos and it was, let's say, the Saints, for example, or a team maybe contending for... You saw with uh, the Ravens, sort of. Like, not to the same extent as the Broncos, but the Ravens were, I mean, in awful circumstances. Awful they circumstances. Kept, I mean, Trace McSorley. <laughs> and delaying the game and doing whatever it takes for the Ravens to play and... I mean, the Ravens sorely pulled through, though. Let's just yeah. I mean, I think sure about that. I think the Broncos game and the Ravens game should have been canceled. Um, mm-hmm. Broncos don't have a quarterback, and the Ravens not only didn't have our starting quarterback, we have like twenty to thirty guys on the COVID list. Yeah, about um, Trace McSorley. The fact the fact that the Ravens compete in that game is a great and encouraging thing for Ravens fans. I yeah, that's say. true. I kind of wanted to talk about that, but anyway, I'll go back to my pick here. Pick the Chiefs against the Broncos should be a pretty simple win for me. Um, underdog, I guess I'll do it because I kind of want to. Um, <laughs> um, I'm enough. taking I'm taking the Lions, who I did not. Oh, what a shot underdog. at Sammy Krempstein here! I yeah. playing the oh Bears. They are playing the Bears, and I never thought the Bears would be um, favorites, but they are now, and I'm definitely going to take advantage. The Bears are pretty, Pain. pretty, pretty abysmal. Uh, I remember when they were what five and one, and Sammy was like, "We're the real deal." I said, "You guys are imposters," and here we are picking the Lions uh, over the well, Bears. I feel good about it. I'm trying to kind of lengthen my lead that I have on Sammy currently. Um, I do have yeah. what two games on you? Yeah, you have two games on me. Yes. And yeah. So let's try that. to make that four after this week, and then okay. kind of coast to the end. Um, but yeah, that's my upset pick, Sammy. Who you got? So I have the Cardinals this week. And I know we were just talking about the Cardinals and how we doubt them and will the 49ers overtake them in the playoff, blah, 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 blah. They're playing the Rams this week. And this is actually kind of a hot take. They're at home. And I think this is a game that is a must win for the Cardinals because you're struggling. You think you're a playoff team. I think they are talented enough to be a playoff team. And you're playing the Rams, a team that also just came off a tough loss to the 49ers. I think it's a perfect opportunity for a struggling team to take advantage and execute and win a football game. And I think if they lose, it'll be tough for them to come back uh, and get into the playoffs. But, you know, NFC, it's not too strong, so anything could happen. But I think the Rams, really tough game last week against the 49ers, a winnable game. They should have won it. They didn't execute. And I think the Cardinals are going to take advantage of the fact that the Rams are cold. So Cardinals are my upset pick. Hot take, but I'm feeling, feeling it. I'm feeling it. Jack, how about you? What's your uh, what's your upset pick? So my upset pick, which I think is the easiest upset pick of all times, is the Bills over the 49ers. I'm I'm flabbergasted that the Bills actually are the underdog against the 49ers, but they are. According to DraftKings, they have they are being given one point against the 49ers, which does make them the underdog, so it's a pick'em. So I mean I I don't even have to explain this. I think this is such a clear and obvious pick. But let's go on now. Oh, well, before that, just um, the 49ers are actually going to be playing in Arizona, remember? Because uh, San Francisco is locked down. They can't do uh, contact true. sports. Also, and you don't there. know how that's going to affect them. But let's go on now yeah. to the segment that needs no introduction. Everybody's favorite segment, Ori's Amazon product of the day. Ori. Take it away. All right, boys. So today we have yet again another animal. Uh oh. Ori, you are breaking up. You got a mammal product. Ori is breaking up. I'm breaking up. Wait, wait. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. Ori, take it away. Wait, wait. Am I good now? Yeah, now you're good. Ori, just start. Okay, okay, okay. All right, guys, so for today's Amazon product of the day, we are doing something not out of the ordinary. We are doing another animal product. You guys right. love the animal products. I love products. the animal products. You know what? I love I'm them. coming at I you guys them. with another one. It, it, um, it's so ironic that Ori hates animals. That is true. <laughs> I really dislike dogs and cats and really most animals that are domesticated. He's I a despicable human being. What? Yeah, you're a despicable human being. I don't think that makes me despicable. Actually, in my <laughs> uh, in my chemistry class, um, my teacher asked me, uh, you know, 
it had nine pictures of a dog making different faces. And it was like, tell me what number you're feeling today. And I was like, I will not associate myself with any of these pictures because I hate dogs. And then the whole class started roasting me. So no, it's kind of tough though. I mean, I don't know. Well, anyway, I'm trying to make the people that have horrible dogs. I'm trying to make their life a little bit easier here. So today we got a fun one. It is $10 plus $6 shipping. So 16 bucks. I won't tell you guys the rating. I'll let you guys um, guess. But the product is a pet dog umbrella. All right. So let me explain the product first. It is an umbrella that you hook on to the dog's collar so that they can run around in the rain protected by the umbrella. Because the umbrella is held by a leash that is on the dog's collar. Um. It's okay. quite it's quite the inventive product. Very, very interesting. Um, so, what do you guys think? It got 109 ratings. What is it out of five? Three? Four and a half. Four and a half and three. It is 3.4 out of five. Oh. So, Sammy wins this one. Um, boys, what do you guys think about it? Your dog can now go buy it. Self in the rain without getting wet. I mean, have you ever heard of a, a jacket or a towel? But that his head will still get wet. Yeah, but I mean, hoodie. My dog had a hoodie. Your dog has a hoodie. You have That's a hoodie awesome. for your dog. That's yeah. great. He's like younger, it. not anymore. Not By the way, if you are watching on YouTube, I, you know, I, I I will definitely put a picture up so you can see what this looks like. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're if you're listening currently. Go watch our YouTube because you'll see the picture of uh, this amazing product. But yeah, it, it seems useful. Uh, so you just let your dog go out by itself. Now, what are the odds uh, yeah. the product actually works? Like, like two percent. Well, change? I mean, the the I looked at some of the ratings. Yeah, what do some of the ratings say? That's the yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. So, so some of the ratings do say that it is like you know a piece of junk. It's super cheap. <laughs> But we disregard um, those, one, right? You know, one review even said that the umbrella doesn't close. So when she tried to uh, return it, she had to have a massive box. And then it was so much money extra for shipping that she decided to keep it. Um, oh so obviously, there are going to be, you know, people that are butthurt. But this is a great product, in my opinion. Um, your dog can now go out carefree if they don't like the rain. Um, they can now go walk. It's, it's pretty... It's pretty good. Um, now, I have a conspiracy theory here. Ori, we, we know of Ori's dislike of animals. I think he is touting this product because he wants your dog to suffer. <laughs> he wants your dog to get wet. So he, he knows it's bad. He, th this is very planned out. I think that's what's happening here. And I'm not sure. This is not proven in fact. I mean, we already it's know, though. Theory. What has <laughs> been confirmed is that Ori's a bad guy. So oh, <laughs> we know that. That's unfortunate. I mean... You know, the only thing I will say, Sammy, is that I really did want people to buy the dog dryer, which, um... <laughs> well, like... Doesn't that, like, electrocute dog your dog dryer. or something? If we do remember, it did, like... Some people said it almost cooked my dog, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I think this... We, we should, uh... We should get the FBI involved here. I think this is a <laughs> very, very interesting situation that's going on with... Or I do. And, you, know, guys, you know, guys, I'm so proud to say that we had another banger of an episode where you just churn out content, you know? Just uh, churn yeah, it out. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and, and, I mean, unfortunately, we will have to say goodbye for today. But we'll be back, same time always, next week. And, you know, we're going to have another banger of an episode because that's right. what we do here at Chatter from the Cheap Seats. Sammy, do you have any last words to say to the fine people? Well, you know what I'm going to say. Another fun episode this time. Really fun. You know, I'd like to thank Brennan again for coming on last time, which was an incredible experience. Great episode. Great interview. Definitely check it out. But yeah, other than that, can't wait to keep watching sports other than the Bears and Kentucky, who both have been selling. Uh, not, not a good time for me to be a sports fan. But yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Um, yeah, go Bears. <laughs> um. I don't have anything extra to say. Please uh, let us know if you enjoyed it. You can do that through a lot of ways. Check us out on all the social media Leave stuff. Review. Yeah, Leave all that review. stuff. Um, yeah. And if you haven't, if you're listening now and you haven't checked out the interview with uh, Brennan Davis, definitely go ahead and do that because I think it's 
really, really interesting. He's a beast of a player, and we did a really, really good interview where we got to really look deep into what it is to be a minor league baseball player. So thank you guys for listening. Great episode. Great episode. But, you know, we had another great episode today, and we're going to have another one next week. So see you guys next time on Chatter from the Cheap Seats. Ori, take us out. Bye.